Welcome to Building Your Best Career, a podcast for professionals looking to find their voice, define their brand, and maximize their impact. Episodes are a collection of lessons from real life, interviews with people doing incredible things, tips and tools to get you on your way to realizing your infinite career possibilities. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Building Your Best Career. I hope you are having a very good week so far. We are finally starting to get some pretty cool temperatures here by me, so it's looking like our our nice extended autumn is coming to an end. Around this time of year, I like to talk about performance assessments because I think that a lot of us are thinking about what we're going to be doing when we write our our professional assessments, whether we are writing them for ourselves or our employees, preparing for getting and receiving feedback on our professional performance. And this year has been a crazy year. It's been a a crazy ride. And I think that some of the things I'm hearing are some concerns about folks on, on getting ready for the performance assessment. What is that going to look like? We are going to be doing some of them by video as opposed to in person, some of them by phone. And it's just going to be a little bit different this year. I think that giving and receiving feedback is a very important topic for pretty much any part in our life. It's it's challenging sometimes to receive feedback and it's stressful to be in the position where you have to provide feedback. So along those lines, that's kind of what I was thinking about talking about today is how to effectively give and receive feedback. So I think there's a lot to talk about, so I might break it up into two episodes. We will talk about giving feedback first, so we'll focus on that today, and then the next episode will be about receiving feedback. So be sure to tune into that one next week if you are trying to prepare for how to best receive feedback on your performance assessment, or just in general. So with respect to giving feedback, difficult conversations and tense conversations and discussions with our employees are very stressful on a lot of people. I think that so often what happens is we build it up in our head and we overthink it and overthink it and we we kind of work through all the different permutations in our mind of how things could go, oftentimes how they're going to go badly and how it's not going to be well received. We think about all of the different things that make us nervous and stressed out about receiving feedback and then we kind of push that onto the people that we're going to be giving feedback. So that it almost snowballs into this frantic event that we have to conduct with our employees such that we can be very stressed. Now, obviously that's not everybody. There's lots of people out there that are very efficient and effective at providing feedback. And I want to kind of highlight a few of the best practices on how to be that person that gives constructive feedback in a positive and effective way. Okay, there's a few things that you can really focus on to make sure that you are being constructive in providing your feedback. The first thing to remember this year is that this has not been a normal year, right? We are all 
facing challenges in a variety of different ways that may or may not have been communicated to you. So a little extra care and compassion when providing feedback this year, I think is warranted. And I think it'll go a long way. If you are talking to somebody about their performance review and there's some areas for improvement, obviously you are well within your rights to point those items out. But the way in which you point them out, perhaps be a little bit more thoughtful this year, just to make sure that we are being considerate of the fact that everybody's life has been a bit of an upheaval and consider whether or not the behavioral issues or the performance issues that you are going to be discussing are a fixture of the current environment or if this is a pattern right and the way to do that would be to look back if this is an employee you had for a few years how were they last year how were they the year before is there a behavior that may be challenging this year different than in the past could there be other factors playing into that or is this a pattern of behavior I mean, is this something that they've been doing every year you talk to them about? Then that's a different situation. It's very important to be descriptive when you're providing feedback, especially if you are providing negative feedback. Be very descriptive in what it is that you are observing, what it is that you want them to be doing, how you want them to correct the situation. But try not to be judgmental. Try not to make any mental leaps about why they are doing what they're doing. Just offer them ideas for solutions or request of them to come up with ideas for solutions. What I mean by this is if, say you've got a person who historically has done very well running meetings, but now that we are in a virtual world, they're not very good at running meetings anymore. Maybe they seem distracted or they're not as organized when they're running meetings online virtually. Maybe they're 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 just a little bit off. Instead of judging and assuming that they are not doing the homework to prepare or not all in because they're distracted because of other things going on or whatever kind of judgment you can come up with for all the different reasons why it's not working. Perhaps try to describe the difference between when we were in the office, you were very good at A, B, and C. I've noticed that now we've switched to virtual. There are some challenges here with A, B, and C. We don't get the same agenda that we used to get. We don't have the same action items come out of it. It's not as clear in your messaging. Would some public speaking practice help? Would some kind of communications training help? What are your suggestions on how we can bring your virtual leadership up to the same level as your in-person leadership? See the difference there? I mean, the idea is to not say, oh, well, you're doing a terrible job at home. You're probably distracted. That's kind of judgmental. We want to be constructive and descriptive about the actual challenges that we need them to address. Okay. As specific as you can be is very important. You don't want to say you used to run great meetings and now they're kind of crap. No, you want to be specific about what is kind of crap now. You used to do this really well and I'm noticing that there seems to be some challenges with A, B, and C. So the more specifics and the more descriptive you can be, 
the better off because you're keeping it functional. These are all things that they can work on in theory. They can get better at those things if they practice or they plan further ahead. Maybe it's a, a technology issue. Maybe it's a nerves issue. Going back to the, the running a meeting example, right? You also want to direct it towards their behavior. Right? You don't want to say, well, maybe it's just because you're a lousy public speaker. You want to be thinking about the fact that you are talking to somebody who is receiving someone's negative feedback. Instantly, they're going to feel defensive because you're, you're criticizing them. Now, whether or not you have good reason, that's besides the point, right? You want to make sure that you're trying to provide them the information for improvement in the most digestible format. So think about it. If you are going after them and, and, and talking about them and saying you're, you're not a good public speaker or you're not uh, a good leader or you're, you're directing it in that they're it's an innate thing that they are not able to improve upon, they're going to shut down. They're not going to listen. They're just going to feel attacked to a certain extent, picked on. If you talk to them about the behavior instead of them as a person, they're still going to probably be a little bit defensive, but if you're offering them ways to improve, you're offering them ideas on specific things they can they can correct, they can change, it makes it a little bit more manageable. So if you just say to them, your public speaking is terrible, that's great. They're going to be overwhelmed and have no idea where to start. Whereas if you say, I think maybe we should talk about getting you some training on virtual presentations or training for public speaking or training on presentation, whatever area it is that you really want them to focus on and talk to the piece of why that is. Give them specifics and descriptive examples of how you saw A and now you're seeing B. The other thing that's important to do is to highlight some positive things amidst the negative. It's very difficult when someone is telling us that we're doing something wrong to only hear wrong things. And again, this all goes to the point of us shutting down. You can only take so much negative and then you're just going to stop listening because it almost doesn't, it's, it's just not constructive at that point. So you want to make sure that you are highlighting some positive things. You've really improved at doing A but I've noticed that there's some things lacking with B. Let's talk about how we could get you support, training, help, guidance, mentoring, coaching, whatever, around how to improve B so that that is something that you can ace so that we can continue moving you forward in your role. Okay, so not only are you pointing out some good things, you're pointing out some areas for improvement, but you're also talking to them about their their progress and their future and ways to keep that moving. You're, you're not dangling a carrot per se, but you're showing them a light at the end of the tunnel where they could come past whatever the negative feedback is that you're providing them. Now, along those lines of giving them lots and lots of negative feedback, you do want to be careful about not giving them too much. If they're doing everything wrong, 
you kind of need to pick your battles, right? You need to highlight the few things that are really at the heart of what's going on. And if they have 10 things, perhaps their, their performance this year has really just gone into the tanks. At that point, you might want to bring things up a bit because good employees don't turn out to be bad employees overnight. So there is very likely a lot more going on here. Perhaps they're unhappy with their position. Perhaps they're unhappy with their leadership. They may have a lot of drama going on at home. They may have a lot of fears and concerns around coronavirus or current events or all of the things that are going on in the world. There's likely some other issue at hand here, and you want to try to figure out whether or not that is going to be a persistent challenge and continue to drive their performance down, or if it is something that you can help alleviate. You can help provide them opportunity to work around it if need be. Once you've gotten done telling them what it is you want them to hear, the positive and the negative, it's very important to ask questions about what they heard. And I find I talk about this a lot with coaching clients because I think that so often we assume that people hear exactly what it is that we're saying. And they're processing it exactly the same as we are. And it's amazing how often that is just not the case. Everybody has different backgrounds, different perspectives, different ideas, different thoughts. We, we come from vastly different areas, right? Um, across all different levels. And assuming that because you tell somebody to do something, that they're going to do it exactly how you would do it, is really a, a challenge that many leaders face, particularly early on, and some it persists because they don't understand that we aren't all made exactly the same. And if you tell somebody to do something, they're going to do it their way. And some people innately are just okay with that. As long as you get to the end product, if you do it your own way, that's fine. Other people are much more fixated on process and making sure that people do things in the right order. And to be fair, depending on the roles and responsibilities, the job, the task, whatever it is we're talking about, there may be things that have to be done in a certain way, certain processes and procedures that need to be followed. So depending on the situation, you want to make sure that that person on the other side of the table or the other side of the video in this year are hearing exactly what it is you want them to say. Because you may be telling them that they are not presenting as well as they did in person and we're going to talk about ways to help you improve that and that may sound perfectly clear perfectly reasonable very magnanimous on your part in fact and they may be hearing they think I'm terrible I'm gonna get fired they don't think I'm working hard enough I'm not gonna to get to run the meetings anymore they're telling me I want help but I'm gonna to have to do something else, right? So what they're hearing, particularly in this instance, it's very important to ask them to tell you what they heard you say. This sounds like kind of an awkward exchange, 
by saying, I think that you are struggling with your public speaking and we should have you take some training to do X, Y, and Z. Could you please repeat back to me what I said? Obviously, very clunky. There are a lot of different ways to do this. You can wait till the end of your, your conference or your meeting and then you might say to them, you know, could you tell me a little bit about what you heard today? How are you feeling about the things that we discussed? What are your thoughts around this, this, and this? You could do it incrementally. If you have a lot to get through, perhaps you talk about, maybe you have some challenges with their public speaking. So you first talk about public speaking and what you say, what your ideas are on, on how to fix it, and then say, what are your thoughts around this? How do you feel about doing this? Could you, could you tell me a little bit about what you're, you're thinking about what I'm suggesting? And then move to the next topic and do the same with them. Because you want to get them talking so that you can get a better understanding of what it is they're hearing and make sure that you're both on the same page. I can't tell you how many times I've coached people through difficult conversations and it turns out that the root of the problem was because assumptions were made on both sides of the conversation of thinking that the other person knew exactly what was bothering the person, knew exactly what was on their mind, and they had no idea. No idea. And even after the conversation, the, the feedback is, oh, I didn't, I didn't hear you say that. I thought you wanted me to do this. And it's like you're talking two different languages. But so often I think that we are moving so quickly and we've got so much to get done. We've got deadlines and phone calls and meetings and work and family and all of this, particularly now while we're stacking our schedules from working from home and trying to juggle so many different things. We're not taking enough time to really listen and process and ask questions. We make a lot of assumptions. So it's important to make sure, particularly when you're giving feedback to somebody, because this is, it really matters. If you're talking about performance assessments and you're giving constructive feedback to one of your employees, the last thing you want to do is add stress to their plate because they think they're getting fired or you want them to go out there and start looking for another job and then quit and leave you because they heard something different than you were saying. You were simply saying, you're struggling with this and I want to help you, but they didn't hear that. And in some cases it can make it worse. The last thing that's very important, and this is with conversations in general, uh, at work, in personal, and it's, it's a common known thing, but it's very important when you are providing feedback to avoid using the word you. You want to phrase everything as an I statement. I am feeling like there might be some challenges with virtual presentations. I feel like I need to offer you more support and training. I feel like we haven't given you enough time to transition to a virtual environment, whatever it is, as opposed to you seem to really not be taking to this virtual thing. You seem to be struggling with this, you appear to be not doing a good job. We really want to be mindful of not 
setting people off from the very beginning of our discussion with lots of you statements because they do feel accusatory and a lot of the times the messaging is lost by how we're coming across. So we want to be mindful about trying to minimize the discomfort. Now, I can, I can already hear in my head and I can give you several examples in my head, in my experience, in providing feedback where my thought is, well, that person was just terrible and I didn't want to have to worry about it, so it was all them, them, them. Sure. There are lots of examples where it is them, them, them. But if you truly want them to improve, get back on track, uh, advance, fix the problem, the best way to do it is to make sure that they are open to receiving that feedback. Throughout much of our careers, giving and receiving feedback, heck, throughout most of our life, giving and receiving feedback is just a constant. We receive it and give it every day in our conversations. And with the performance assessment season just around the corner and, and folks that are on an annual schedule with respect to that and raises and promotions and all of those things, like I mentioned at the beginning, I just think it's really important right now to be thinking about how to really be effective in this, this skill, really. One last thing I would suggest is that, and, and I would expect that particularly around performance assessments, this is already being done, but make a list. Make a list of all the things you want to talk about. Make a list or an outline of what you want to be your recommendations. Give yourself a little cheat sheet of things to remember. Maybe if you're doing it by video, put up a little post-it note in the corner. Use the word I. Don't tell them too much. Make sure you ask them what if, to tell you if they heard what you said. Things like that, right? Be descriptive to remind yourself. I promise that it will be much more constructive and you and your employees will get so much more out of it if you are able to be as descriptive and specific as possible. One thing that I always used to complain about when I was starting out in my career was that I felt that I didn't get enough feedback. I, I'm pretty thick-skinned, so I don't really take it personal when people provide me feedback. In fact, I, I often ask for it because I want to be better. I want to improve. I want to just constantly be growing. And particularly with respect to some jobs, you go for your performance assessment and they'll just say to you, oh, you're doing a great job. Keep up the good work. That never, that never works for me, right? I, I, I have questions and I, I want to ask them. So we'll talk more about that in the receiving feedback. But if you are providing feedback to someone, think about having a list of some suggestions for them. If you want to provide it to them, great. If you're not sure, perhaps you ask them and say, I have some ideas about some things that you can be working on for the next year would you like them? Or would you like to propose to me what your ideas are? This opens it up so that they can feel like they have a part and 
They also are not trying to grasp at straws, trying to read your mind, trying to figure out what you feel. Now, some of the, the challenge there, I think, that a lot of people say is that you don't want to feel like you are being too prescriptive. And if you tell them that they need to do items one through three, that they think they're going to get something out of one through three. Oh, well, the boss told me I need to do these three things this year. So be very careful when you're providing those kinds of ideas and your feedback of making any promises about what those things will do for them. You can just make it very clear that these would be very good for your professional growth if you do A, B, and C. Doesn't mean you're going to get promoted, but at some point in your career, these things are going to come in handy, so you might as well start honing these skills now. At a minimum, have patience. Be kind, be constructive, and try to have a little bit of empathy this year because a lot of the folks that are receiving feedback are overwhelmed in many other ways right now. And that doesn't mean that they shouldn't be receiving their performance reviews. It doesn't mean that we should sugarcoat it or not provide them constructive feedback because we all do still want to continue to grow and progress. But at the same time, just a, just a little ounce of patience and kindness this year, I think will go a long way. And I think that especially if you are new to this role, or this is a new employee that you're supervising, or they're a new employee on your team, if it's a newer relationship, that kindness and patience and empathy will go a long way in building rapport with that employee. Again, that's not said to pull your punches and not give them the feedback that they need. Because in order for us to get better at our jobs and move up the ladder or get a raise or get better jobs or work or whatever it may be, we do need to continue to grow. And feedback is a big piece of that. It's just a matter of how you provide it. All right. If you enjoy listening to my podcasts and you would like to talk more about any of these things, about delegation, about feedback, about emotional intelligence, any of those things, stop by my website, kellyfeatheringham.com, or drop me a hello on LinkedIn at Kelly Featheringham. I'd love to hear from you. I work with folks like you all the time on a lot of these different issues, and I really enjoy the opportunity to work one-on-one with you so that we can really dig into the specific things that you are facing, challenges, wins, losses, Scary times, exciting times, all of those. I'd love to be able to support you in some of these things that you're experiencing. So feel free to drop by the website, kellyfeatheringham.com. You can schedule a free consult with me. We can hop on a call and see if there's any areas where I can help you. Have a great day. All right. So thanks for listening to Building Your Best Career. I hope you enjoyed it. Head on over to buildingyourbestcareer.com and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Feel free to drop me a note with any topics you'd like to hear about or if you'd like to be a guest on an episode. And please go ahead and recommend me to your friends. Until next time, always remember to stand up and be confident. Stand by all that you do and say with integrity and stand out because after all, 
there's only one you.